right. Episode one. Are you are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go ahead and set aside how nervous I am. So for those who don't know us, which ideally is everybody listening to this, I'm Sean. I'm Tiffany. And we are not career experts. We are not career coaches. We are not work gurus or whatever people call themselves now. We are not LinkedIn influencers by any means. And we would never really want to be, if we're being honest. No, absolutely not. But we are for sure to adult humans who have jobs and have had jobs for most of our lives at this point now because I started working at 14. Yeah, I started I started working uh, babysitting probably at like 12 or 13. Yeah, so we've just done all different types of jobs and we've seen a lot in a short amount of time and we just wanted to talk about it, I guess. Something that kind of solidified our friendship was, and I'm sure that people can relate to this, um, complaining about the work that we were doing and <laughs> yeah. the environment that we were in, but also just wanting more and wanting to be able to move beyond that too and, and not really having that support or a place like this that we're trying to create where you can have those conversations. That is very true because if we hadn't become friends through that shared commiseration, then I don't even know what would have happened. Like, because there's no space to really talk about this without having that, like potential repercussions or, you know, those, especially in work. And you always have to be careful about who you talk to at work. And so to your point, that's just really how this came to be. Let's, we were just like, let's take all of the conversations that we're already having about work and throw it into a podcast because I'm almost 30. You're in your early 30s now. So we're yep. right around the age where people start podcasts and yes. very millennial of us to start a podcast. It was uh, it was pretty much required at this point in our lives. What prompted us to start this type of podcast was just our, our shared experience at the same job. So Tiffany and I had more or less the exact same job at the same mm -hmm. place um, for a number of years. And we were not friends the entire time. We were just no. you know, work, work acquaintances type of thing because it's one of those situations where you never know what you can say to people uh, without it filtering up to your boss or them holding on to that sort of thing to, to spill your darkest work secrets. But I mean, of course, like everything else, COVID kind of upended that where we were both, mm -hmm. our jobs went remote. And so we were just kind of, I don't, one of us must have let something slip and then it just sparked from there. Yeah, that's true. It kind of naturally evolved into, from a, I don't know who I can trust, or I, I feel like I can't really trust anyone to dabbling in a little more truth here <laughs> <Yeah>. or there <laughs> with each other. Um, and that really just like exploded into a full that quickly, on... That quickly snowballed. Yes, yes, it did. And I, I'm sure that the pandemic really fast-tracked that in a lot of ways as it did right. many things. But yeah, so we we went from like sometimes passing each other in the hall at, in our office to... Yeah, in our shared office space, three yeah. doors down from one another. <laughs> to fully like every day talking each other through not only our work, but like maintaining our sanity as well. For sure. And it's funny because we both have people in our lives that we could talk about like work stuff with, but it's just not the same. So like we could talk to family or friends or whoever that we were actually close to at the time and have these conversations. But I think the, the difference is when somebody's like in the trenches going through it with you. So you don't have to explain the backstory of all the people that you're talking about or all the situations that you're talking about. You can right. just, you can skip all of that and get right down to it and be like, this is 
the bullshit I'm dealing with. And you already know the context of it already. So not having that would have been very difficult to say the least. Yeah. And we got to the point where we were able to keyword a situation and be like, you remember (laughs) who I talked to last week that drove me crazy? Like they're back. Right. Here's what's happening. And so, yeah, we were able to establish a very close relationship very quickly over this bond. And something I think is noteworthy is that, spoilers for for the future, Sean and I both left those roles, but we continued to talk to each other pretty much every day about that experience, about our new working experiences, because we no longer um, work together in our full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it it really went beyond the day-to-day that we were experiencing, too. Yeah, I think when you have a sort of shared trauma with somebody... For lack of a better word, it it really solidifies that type of bond. And so with this isn't working, this shit isn't working. That's where this podcast came from. Not only are we broadly seeing all these different changes in like the workforce and have all of these crazy work experiences, but as we move forward in our careers, which as you mentioned are different, we're still seeing some of the same things, even though our circumstances are significantly better than they were last year. Yeah, absolutely. And as we've reflected on different work experiences that we had even prior to our shared working space, you know, we have seen these toxic patterns that have been, you know, with us throughout our lives. As we said, we both started working quite young and many people in the U.S. do. So you just spend a lot of your time feeling like this is normal, like this is how work works. And Sean and I are of the opinion that that should not be the case, that our system is fundamentally flawed and that it could certainly be a lot better in a lot of ways. I've worked in a restaurant. I had a weird retail job for like three months. You've worked in retail. We've worked in a lot of customer service oriented jobs. Even when we worked together, that was a pretty, you know, like customer facing role because mm-hmm. it, was, it was more or less sales really is what it was. We were selling something. Yeah. So we've seen a lot both from like the customer perspective and also the coworker perspective and you're right it's just it's a there's something fundamentally out of whack and obviously i think you know there's obviously a lot of articles and research and things like that especially from covid being like this isn't normal or why do we value some types of work more than others and all that sort of stuff but what covid has really shown is just how tired people are and i pray to god i never feel this way again but the level of exhaustion that i felt when we were working together was absurd i can't even really articulate or put into words properly what that feeling was. But as soon as Sunday at 4 p.m. would show up, I just felt it like in my shoulders and in my neck. And then I would have to like sit down and just I couldn't I was useless Sunday nights. I was not a I was I was a shell of a person. Yeah, I I agree. It's hard to really articulate what that feeling was like, but it was all encompassing. It was in my body, it was in my mind, and there was no greater feeling than when we ended work on Friday. But it got so bad there, especially toward the end, that like I, I know that we talked about this too. That it wasn't even like we weren't even getting to Sunday before the scary set in. Mm-hmm. By like Saturday mm-hmm. morning, we were both like, "Oh dear God!" Like we have to go back Monday. How are we right. going to function? It gets into your regular life, like you can't fully enjoy the limited free time that you have when you are so wound up in what's going to come and how miserable you feel for the vast majority of your waking hours most days of the week. Absolutely. And it's funny because we actually had a pretty good work schedule 
and Mm -hmm. like reason reasonable hours and those types of things and i totally recognize that not everyone has that um where they might be working weekends or they might be working 60 80 hour weeks but i think it says a lot when your 35 to 40 hour work week feels like you just put in 90 hours at a construction site like leaving your body broken yeah because you're right like saturday even saturday mornings i wake up being like okay i i slept and i don't have to go to work today and then i need to spend sunday mentally preparing myself for monday and oh i have to do all the other things that make me a human being like go to the grocery store and exercise and see friends and family and and do things so it was really well i wasn't living we weren't living we were just no. existing through the time we were working there. it was the most burnout I've ever felt. And definitely now that more articles, websites, um, Mm. even workplaces are talking more about what is burnout, how can we avoid it, how does it impact us, whether or not those are very authentic conversations sometimes. It's definitely something that people are discussing. And looking back at other jobs, I've definitely always ended up at some level of burnout, but nothing like what we experienced when we were working together. It was so prolonged. And even Mm -hmm. before the pandemic, it was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it had settled deep into my bones. Right. That's actually a really good point because this started pre-COVID for sure. This was Mm -hmm. not brought on by COVID. It's funny because it was like, it was only partially the actual work itself, but it was all of the other factors around work, like some of the people we had to engage with at work, some of the customers that we were working with, the leadership where we were working was pure chaos, to say the least. You're right. And so I had always heard the term burnout or had started hearing people talk about it. I know there's a professor, She she's a professor at like Stanford or something who's, who's pioneered the research mm-hmm. on burnout. And I've read some of her stuff and I, I can't recall her name off the top of my head, but I read her definition of burnout. And it was like pretty on par with how I was feeling. But how how would you like put burnout into your own words? I usually do it based on like how I was feeling at that job. But like, how do you how do you personally define it? Because I feel like it doesn't hit everyone the same way. Yeah, I think that that's right. And I think that probably that difference has a lot to do with um, not only like who you are personally, but also the kind of work that you do. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak from my experience. Um, I've mainly as a like after college graduation kind of professional, I've mainly worked in like a traditional office setting. And so for me, burnout has been a feeling of dysfunction, I think is a good way to put it. Like I'm going through emotions. I know the mm-hmm. work that I have to do or what expected of me and I'm I'm doing it but it takes absolutely all of my effort and that includes any effort that I might have expended on living my life outside of work and so then when the end of the day comes I have a moment of extreme relief where I'm like phew I'm done for the, I'm free for the rest of the day but I'm so tense and exhausted from what the day took from me in terms of my energy and my focus and concentration that I can't do anything. Like I don't feel like doing anything, even something simple like taking my dog for a walk or cooking dinner, which I Mm -hmm. I like to cook dinner. I like to eat good food. And all of that felt like too much. So I think a a long way of saying that I feel like burnout at work is where all of your energy is, is kind of gone for the day and and you're not really able to put any effort into your life in the things that you'd want to be doing. I fully agree because I think that's a good definition or a good way to define burnout rather than just being like, oh, I don't really like this job because Mm -hmm. people do things that they don't like doing every day of their lives, whether it be something with work or grocery shopping 
whatever. You know, people are capable of doing things that they don't enjoy doing because they need to be done for whatever reason. And going to work for a lot of people is that thing. It's not as easy as just like, oh, I don't really like this job anymore. I'm just going to go find a new one. It's like this job is chipping away at the very fabric of who I am as a person. And now it's impacting my life outside of work. And for some people, it's really easy to just kind of, I guess, quit and go find a new job. But I think that's really based on what you do, you know, so not everyone has the luxury of just dipping on their job and going to find a new one. Now that so many jobs are remote, or at least more, more have like a hybrid or remote type thing, it's probably a little bit easier for people to find jobs, but it's still not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, we, we also both work in a pretty niche field, so it's particularly difficult for us to find new jobs if we were looking and that's okay. I mean, we, we kind of knew that going into this work that it, it wasn't going to be like a, we weren't like engineers where people would be throwing themselves at us. So, so we, we get that. We understand. I think that's, that's really the stark difference between burnout. It's not just disliking your job. It's when the work and the environment that you're in just chip away at you, you know, they, and they, and they start negatively impacting other parts of your life, like to the point where you are just feeling miserable all the time. You're not quite enjoying the things that you used to, whether, like you said, cooking, walking the dog, whatever, or something that I did. No, this is, this is when I knew I was burned out. I would keep rewatching the same show over and over and over again. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I, I knew that, but I just like, it was uh, like the consistency and I don't know what it was. I was watching it's always Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like, I had seen these episodes 5 billion times, but like for three months straight, I watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to the point like I didn't even watch, like there were other things out. It was COVID, you know, people were dropping things left and right, but uh, I just like mentally couldn't handle anything aside from that. Like I, cause I just wouldn't enjoy, I knew I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. So my comfort show is friends. It always has been. And I watch it for fun sometimes because I like the show. And so like, I definitely engage with the content when I am mm-hmm. feeling fine, but it is 100% also my lean into for comfort show. Right. And so I know like when I am like craving friends and like feeling kind of, of yeah, weird, something might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like that's an important signal to me to be right. like, let's evaluate what I'm going through because yeah, yeah. it is like I th- I'm I swear I've read about this somewhere um people do that with a movie or with TV that they know because it's predictable you right. have like positive associations with it in your past and so it can kind of I, I don't want to say that it can like fake happiness for you but it can mentally oh, take for you sure back to something better there's people that who for sure do this to the office like the office oh yeah that's a, certain, that's a great one that's a default one and I've done it to the office as well where you just like even to the parts of like past season seven that I don't really like I will still watch all the way through and just be like yep Robert California yep whatever whatever the episode is just because I know it. So when my work environment is starting to hit me in, in those types of ways, I know I'm like, I'm, I'm approaching some some level of burnout here. So I, I haven't felt, in at least in this job that I'm at now, anywhere remotely near what I felt before. Even on days where I'm like, oh, that was kind of a stressful day or, oh, that... That was kind of a tough week. It's usually just that. It's not anything more than that. I mean, people have stressful days or tough days at work. It, it, it's work. It happens. 
it's not always going to be the most relaxing endeavor of your life. But I, I have never been like this week at my job, um, fundamentally altered who I am and has has changed the trajectory of my life <laughs> like the last job did. Yeah. And something else that I know that we had talked about before was that I've felt like the uh, Im- impact of that job and how I felt so much of my day was making me like a worse person. Like I had less oh, right. patience out- outside of work for mm-hmm. the people and things that I love. I had less interest in engaging really in any of my normal outside of work communities. And I I just was like crankier all the time. Oh, yeah. I hated that. I hated who I was. And I was so deep in the burnout that I, I really was at a point where I couldn't separate that hollow shell of a person that I was because of work from the full living, breathing person I wanted to be be that burnout monster like took over all of who I am and I hated that absolutely because on paper we had a really good work-life balance like I said we worked 35 40 hours a week pretty solid schedule the day ended at 4 30 like we had a we had a great work schedule without a doubt we had we accrued vacation time we had sick time you know all we had there were holidays um we were closed between Christmas and New Year's. Like, so on paper, like, oh, we have great work, work-life balance. But the the work itself was so insidious. And, and because we worked with people in different time zones as well, there would always be something happening after hours. Not that we were necessarily doing anything with that, but the work wouldn't pause, you know? And so, and there was zero support to balance that out in any way, shape or form. So if one of us took a day off, the other one was covering for that person. And so that person was by default going to have a real shitty day, <laughs> regardless of what happened. They just were had to deal with all of the customer inquiries or any of those types of things. There was just no real balance there. And I think that's the other thing too. So on paper, you see a lot of organizations that say like, we offer sick time, we offer vacation time, great work-life balance. It's like, okay, are you going to email me after hours? Are you going to text me after hours? Are you going to call me after hours? Because if you're going to do any of those things, you automatically do not have a good work-life balance. Right. Which was the only thing I ever missed about working at retail or in a restaurant is that when you were off the clock, you were truly off the you're clock. You're done. Like, yeah. Your boss, if your boss is calling you, like the restaurant's on fire or something, you know, like there's something real bad happening. No one's going to call you after hours. It just doesn't happen. But in a, in a, in a more office type environment. We've blurred the lines, especially in like a remote environment, so badly that even if I'm switched off, other people aren't. And so I come in on Mondays and have emails from things that have gone on over the weekend uh, Mm -hmm. or like things to do. It's like I don't even have, you know, 30 seconds to get in the work mindset. You know, I sit down and I'm like immediately go, 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 which was so bad at the last job um, because, again, we're dealing with people with different time zones. So we would inevitably have emails or chats or whatever from people asking the same questions over and over again because we had no support to put a system in place to actually fix the issues. But that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that some other time. But that's where the burnout, it becomes really insidious because it's like, all right, if I get to, if I get a few emails after hours, it's not the end of the world. But if it's like a routine thing or you're, you become expected to answer those things, not a good work-life balance. So people will definitely put down on paper like, oh, we offer like all these wellness perks and 40-hour work weeks and unlimited PTO, which is another thing we'll talk about. But all these all these other types of things are perceived benefits, but it's really just on paper. That's really all it is. There's no other work-life balance in an office environment that I've seen. I'm sure it exists somewhere. And if you were one of those companies who has that true work-life balance, 
E- email me, please. But yeah, I, I just, I don't think we'll, we'll ever see that in our lifetimes. I, I hope we do. I think we have the potential to. I, you know, color, color me right. an optimist, but I yeah, think particularly, yeah. and this is something we're going to talk about in the future as well, but I, I think with the, just the way that the pandemic has drawn so much attention to these problems and with crisis after crisis lifestyle that we live, I think that particularly Gen Z has a lot of potential to like make big changes and I am fully rooting for them and for all of us. Absolutely, because as we kind of indicated at the beginning, we're both millennials. So we both entered the workforce like kind of after the recession. So things were a little bit better, but you kind of took what you could get in terms of job market. And so I think we still kind of have that mindset in a lot of ways. The job market's great right now. Obviously, there's there's no way to deny that. Even for people like us in a relatively niche field, if we were looking for a new job, it's still not the easiest, but it's not impossible. And we'll definitely talk about that, you know, as we were looking for jobs when we were at our last role and how crazy that experience was. But yeah, Gen Z just really won't take, from what I've seen anyways, and I have like one Gen Z colleague and we had several at our previous job, they just don't seem to accept things the way that people our generation did and people Mm -hmm. who are a little bit older than us did. Um, And then people who are nearing retirement are obviously in a different sort of mindset with work. But Gen Z, and I said this to you today, Gen Z is the generation that we should have been. It's the generation we wish we could have been. They're like, we need the balance. We need roles that are meaningful. We need um, roles that are still challenging and allow us to be kind of like entrepreneurial because they are like, even if they... Gen Z, like not everyone in Gen Z is obviously going to start their own business or has that interest, but they're still pretty entrepreneurial. Like they're very creative. I mean, obviously, millennials, we were upended by the recession and and just the last 10 years of our lives were were kind of wild in general in terms of events around the world. But even like when they got smacked in the face with a pandemic, Gen Z was way more resilient than we were about all of these things. I'm hoping that they won't get burned out the way that that we did. And have been. I'm. I pray to God that Gen Z does not have the experience that we had at our last job, where they feel shackled to the work that they're doing. Because I don't think they'll stay. I think. I mean, we'll. we'll we have so many things to talk about, and this is for sure one of them. But I don't. I just can't picture people younger than us like dealing with the burnout that that we dealt with. I just. I just don't see it. I don't either. And I. I one like really admire that because as we were looking to kind of leave that toxic environment that we had, I shared with you that I felt like I didn't have anything to show really for my time because my job had changed in so many ways. And ultimately, like most of them were not for the better. And I just was like, how am I going to market myself? How am I going to, you know, convince someone else to give me a job when I don't feel like I've been developing skills or working up to my full potential or anything like that for like years at that point? And I never want anyone to experience that. We both have a lot of privilege. Let's just throw that out there. Um, But we've both had a lot of bad experiences as well. And both things can be true. But I I would never wish some of those experiences on anyone. So if I can share any millennial wisdom, you know, I'm like, please, please don't put up with this. You you deserve so much more. And I think that Gen Z feels that way a bit more than we did, like you were saying. I, I completely agree. And that's a really good point because we were never perfect employees or anything like that. Oh, certainly like, not. No, like we've, we've for sure, I've made a ton of mistakes at not only our last job, but other roles as well. And that's okay. I mean, 
Some were significantly worse than others for sure, but they were definitely learning experiences. But that's the thing too. Like we, we were not just like, we're not like just victims of, of bad experiences, you know, like we've made mistakes, we've learned from them, we've grown. We just also happen to be in really, really bad environments as well. And I think it's okay to, to continue to make mistakes. I still make them in my job because mistakes are healthy and we're human. It's just going to happen, especially at work. But if the environment is already bad to begin with, like making mistakes will just amplify that environment and make it even worse, you know? So like if you have no support or if things go into meltdown because of mistakes, then that's not the right place to be in. And I think that's a really good point that you made before as well about the things that burnout can do to you, not only in your personal life, they also inhibit your own growth or advancement in the workplace. So if you're a person who wants to go back to school or just get better at your job or learn a new skill or something, like burnout can either prevent that, especially if you're in an environment where that doesn't value that which is crazy considering the place where we worked was all about learning so like the fact that it didn't value that at all is wild but yeah it's just it makes you like question yourself at our last job you were there for what four four and a half years four years what was it three three and a half three and a half okay so i was there for seven and a half roughly gonna say you were there a lot longer like wait wait clearly way too long i should have left at year two for sure but i'm glad you did it yeah right i know i mean if as i look back i had a really good opportunity around year two three or four to like leave and because i i gained some good experience blah blah blah. um i could have for sure moved on i didn't because things were at that time still going pretty well and worst mistake ever is not leaving when i should when i before so so seven and a half years and I'm still, and I still had opportunities to like grow. I went back to school during that time. Mm-hmm. I like kind of advanced, but not really because it's so meaningless where we were. Titles clearly mean nothing or, mm-hmm. and your, your job description is so arbitrary and it's, it doesn't matter because what's in your job description is not what you'll be doing anyways half the time. No. But even after seven and a half years of on paper, what looked like progressively more responsibility and stuff like that, I was like, how am I going to articulate my experience to somebody? Because it was so so bad so it's it's not it's really about how you just present it i mean not Mm -hmm. in like a dishonest way i was looking at my resume and updating it at the time and just being like none of this is gonna work like i don't even know what to write i don't even really know what my job is our jobs had been so distilled down to like putting out the daily fires that like we were right. engaging in any level of strategy or anything right. bigger. It was just like barely get through each day so that the office can pseudo function. Oh yeah. We were for sure set up to fail because any sort of strategic element or like, you know, senior level element of my job was removed or whittled away. And like our whole office was set up to not exist basically. Uh, and now it doesn't. Actually. And now it doesn't yeah, at all because everybody who worked in that office has quit or retired, yep. <laughs> which says everything you need to know about the environment that we were in, where the entire office does not exist anymore. <laughs> like That tells you everything. So and I think that was part of it as well. Like we didn't feel like we could do or get any better, kind of. Uh, yeah. Like we've we felt trapped which we'll talk about what we felt Mm -hmm. like this is this is kind of it like maybe we just deserve to have this really trash job at this trash place and the burnout was so deep that felt reasonable to feel like this is it forever like we clearly deserve this treatment and this you know negativity and this toxicity and like that started to feel reasonable because it was so pervasive it took I think I shared with you it took me about a year to convince myself to even start looking for other work because I, I, it was pretty clear six months in to my job that it was not going mm-hmm. to be what it was promised it would be. I should have started looking once that was clear to me, but I thought I would 
I, I was told a lot of things. I was promised a lot of things that did not come to fruition. Um, red I, flag, red flag right there. Yes. <laughs> Anytime yes. people are promising things, like get it in writing on paper. Absolutely. We were and naive. <laughs> yeah, that obviously did not happen, but I waited a long time assuming it would because it, the narrative was still that it would. But by the time I was like, okay, seriously, I, I need to get out. I was so stuck in that dark place for about a year before I was like, no, it's worth me trying. Like I am still valuable. I still have a lot to give. I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to add to a new team, a new place. And I have to figure out how to make that clear. Like it's all true. I'm a good worker, mm -hmm. but I was so stuck in that. Right burnout that it, it took me a long time to really convince myself of that. Oh, absolutely. I I know that I'm a good employee and I'm a good worker. I can add a lot to a team and an organization and a role. You know, when things didn't materialize that I was promised or, you know, thing, things were just changing really drastically without being included in those conversations, even when they directly impacted my role, I had a mindset shift and an attitude shift. So again, mistakes, like I probably should have just rolled with the punches and blah, 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 but I didn't. And I didn't keep my mouth shut. And I said things that I shouldn't have said. And, you know, it spilled over into my personal life and mistakes were made. And, and so I think people who were our leaders at the time, like they totally wrote me off. So I was just kind of there. And I knew I would never, ever advance ever again in that place or have any sort of authority or power or, you know, director whatever level roles, whatever you, your manager level roles are called at these places um, ever again, ever, ever, ever. So I probably should have started looking then, but I was still in school as well. So I was like, let me finish school. I'll do that. And then I can look for a new job. But by the time I finished school, like COVID was in full effect. And I'm like, glad I have a job because right. it was right around the, like it was May, 2020. People were being laid off left and right. Job market was in a tailspin. Yeah. So like timing couple like all of these things were terrible so it wasn't until 2021 that i really like i kind of casually looked a few times in 2020 didn't really see much obviously but in 2021 i for sure started looking much like that march i it took me about six months but i was like hardcore looking for jobs which by the way is a full-time job in and of itself yeah uh, for sure yeah so now i'm of the mindset that if i see like a red flag i'll make a mental note of it and if I mm -hmm. see multiple red flags and I'll make more mental notes of it to the point where it's like, nope, all right, now I start looking. Like I know how to not let things get that bad anymore. So yes. if things were to get so bad now, like that or even like look like they were heading that way, I'd, I'd immediately start looking for another job in a heartbeat. Without a second thought, because now now we know we have right. had that experience. And so we we both, when we left and got our new jobs we're like texting each other all the time. Like, Hey, someone said this and it seems like, could it be a red flag? Am I being <laughs> yeah. like, we were so hyper vigilant oh, because yeah. we had, and I think I still am a little so bit. burned. Yeah, I am too. Maybe not nearly as bad as when I first started or we'd find something like totally normal. Be like, Oh, my, my meeting with my manager got pushed back later this week. Is that a red flag or is that like just a normal occurrence? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we were uh, so um, just like hyper aware of anything that could indicate that our new situation was problematic. And I right. don't think either of us is in a perfect situation. I don't know that there is a perfect work situation right, necessarily, right. but we are so much better off, so much happier. And oh, yeah, it took us some time to to calm down from that. And I I started to feel really guilty because I was looking at situations like that that were totally innocuous, totally normal, or I would be afraid to like bring things up to my new supervisor at my new job, even though she was 
completely delightful and extremely right. supportive because I was just so used to that not being the case or for there to be like ulterior motives, if that were the case, oh, that yeah. I felt like I was projecting my toxic experiences onto this perfectly wonderful woman. And I was like, I need to stop doing that. I need to stop assuming that she will be upset about this thing or weird about it or that it will irk her or something because mm -hmm. she is not that person and it's not right. her fault that that's my past. I like to think that I would be that type of manager. The one time for like that year and a half where I had like a direct report before that was taken away was like it was off to for sure a rocky start. I was not good at it at all. And I totally recognize that now. But I think we we got into a rhythm and things like that. And so when she had the opportunity for a new job, I'm like, take it 100%. Like, I'll be a great reference for you, whatever. I couldn't imagine being the type of manager who like plays office politics with their employees. This is somebody's life, man. And, and we've yeah. both experienced that with people that we worked with, particularly in our last role that we had to report to that were just, that was the name of the game, you know, like where you could say something and that person would be like, this will stay between us. And then you immediately knew it was going to like six other people right off the bat. Like yeah, the minute exactly. you left the room, like people already knew, you know, now we're just like constantly on our toes. And like, so for example, not that long ago, I didn't have a great week at work and my man, my supervisor was like, are you okay? Cause I feel like you're not okay. And I was like, I guess I'm just having an off week because there's all this stuff going on at work, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of change. And she's like, well, I totally recognize that. And I just want you to know that I appreciate it. And this isn't a permanent thing. We're just going through kind of like some growing pains, whatever. Could never imagine that conversation happening in a previous nope. role. And like, that made me feel a lot better because it wasn't, she didn't promise anything. She didn't make all these like grand gestures, but that would have never happened. It would have been like way over the top, like yeah. more than what the situation warranted. And then nothing would ever materialize. It would just be a bunch of like empty promises. I, I remember you talking about that weird week that you had. My first reaction was like, that was so nice of her to like reach out to you and just be like, hey, I recognize this is difficult. It won't be forever. And then we both talked about how like that should be baseline. Like that's just, hey, right, I recognize right. you're a human and you're right. having thoughts and feelings. And like, we were so not used to that, that it not seemed above and beyond when really everyone you work with should recognize that we are people and we have lives and we have feelings and we deal with stress. Sometimes we're not our best selves, but we try to be. Not to discount the positive experience that you had with your supervisor in that, but right. we, we both were just like, this is amazing. And then like, no, this should be standard. Like, this should be normal. Yeah, this is like, because it's not like I'm having a bad day or a bad week every week or every day, even though I was for sure in the previous role. Like, that's unusual that I, like, I've, I've had stressful days or like difficult days, but I was just having a, a weird off week because of, of all this change and all these things that I was like responsible for and things that I... Like my, my job was kind of changing just because we had new responsibilities and I was just having an off week because of it. And that's normal. Like people, it's not that I dislike change or can't handle it. It's just like, it, it was a lot. So let me yeah. process it. But you're right. That should be based on, I had a manager in high school, um, who like to this day I'm friends with, like she's now a family friend and she was like kind of tough and like a little bit difficult, but she was like amazing. And I was working in a restaurant. It was really difficult to be flexible with people, but if people were having like a tough day, or an emergency came up, like she would never do anything to to make you feel like trash. I remember she used to be like, if you can lean, you can clean. So like if there's yeah, a moment down, like go go clean, like type of thing. And so to this day, like we're friends. Like we went out and had like brunch a few weeks ago, which was pretty cool. She lives nearby and she's a family friend. She's like come to my my house for like family's house for like Easter and like stuff like that. In the previous role, like that probably wouldn't happen ever. 
No. Like, don't don't come into my house. <laughs> you are not welcome here. <laughs> I agree. There's a lot of things that should be baseline that clearly aren't. And that's what really this podcast is about. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that aren't working, little plug there, that we could for sure be doing differently as worker, as employees and employers. Like, I don't want to put the complete onus on employers because employees can do things differently. I recognize that. However, there should be some baseline things that we all agree need to happen. Predictable schedules, uh, benefits, putting the salary in the job description, the hill that I will die on. (laughs) If you are putting a job out there, just be upfront about it. Don't waste people's right. time. It hurts everyone when we don't know what to do. Don't expect. worry. There's like a there's like a whole episode coming on that because that is a hill that I will die on forever. Yeah, I, I don't same. care how many years of HR or talent acquisition experience you have. If you are posting a job without a salary anticipated salary range, not a guaranteed salary, no. but the anticipated salary range then you shouldn't be posting a job at all. I mean, there's just a a very lengthy list of things that need to be baseline in the workplace, both from an employee and an employer perspective. That's just not happening right now. Um, And these are the types of things that are leading people to the type of burnout that we experienced in our last role. Mm. Um, Not just the like, oh, I'm tired and blah, blah. It's like, no, this, this job has my soul in a vice grip and is squeezing every ounce of what makes me, me out of my body. Uh, I'm dying inside. And that's never a place you want to be. It's a place no. we spent a very long time, far longer too than long. we should have. Way too long. Yep. Yeah. It's not the only thing that I would say isn't working in, in work right now. Employment looks a lot different than right. it did, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. And so For those sure. are some things that we'll talk about as well. And we also want to hear from you. What are some things that you as a listener would find important? And as Sean was saying, you know, we we recognize that it's not just middle management. Like we're big enough. We can admit that. Um, right. It's not just the employers. Um, so we're also going to talk solutions too or creative ways to to address some of these problems. What is within an employee's power more or less, maybe that you might not realize, particularly if you're listening and you are in your first job right now, like, are you sitting there asking yourself, like, is all this turnover normal? Is what my boss is saying to me normal? Is it normal that my boss keeps moving our one-on-one? Like, is that okay? Or is that problematic? Because you don't know what to expect. So those are some of the things that we hope to address as well. As we kind of mentioned, like, we've only had one type of experience, really. Like, Tiffany and I both have very similar backgrounds for Mm -hmm. people who didn't know each other prior to working together in terms of like the education we've had and the places we've worked and the types of work that we've done. So we're going to definitely try and have people on who have different experiences of the workplace for sure, because our experience we know is not universal. There's definitely a lot of things that we can commiserate on with people, but people in healthcare are going through a much different experience than anything we could possibly imagine. People who are currently working in retail or the service industry right now it looks a lot different than the five years that I worked in it or the however many years you worked in retail. It's clearly not the same because of COVID and right. just the way that people are these days. There's a lot to cover. There's a lot of ground to cover um, of things that just really are not working right now. This is something that you know we've been talking about quite a lot. And when we were looking for work, we were saying things like oh this job description has this like that's a huge red flag like it actually Mm -hmm. means this and in our new roles we've recognized some i don't know i would say like problematic tendencies maybe not something that we've experienced directly but something that we know is going on and there's just a lot about work right now that isn't 
working and we were having such good conversations about those things or being like, you know, why, if this is a problem that someone, like this is a problem that a client that I've been working with has expressed to me and the solution or a solution that seems worth trying Mm -hmm. is so simple Mm -hmm. and it's right there and no one's willing to do it. What is going on behind that? And that's exactly right. This is This is where this podcast came from. There are things that we've talked about individually over the last year plus that not everyone either has a space to talk about or, you know, doesn't have somebody that they work with that that they can talk about. Or they just like, if you wanted to bring it up with your manager, you'd be like, I'm about to get fired for saying these things, you know, so we can, we can have these sort of like authentic, unfiltered conversations. Absolutely looking forward to continuing to do that in, in this sort of forum because We've had a lot of really, really good conversations. And while we have some similar backgrounds, similar experiences, obviously an overlap in where we worked there for a while, there's so much more out there we'd also want to learn about. So if you're listening, you know, hit us up on socials, send us an email. We'll put all the information in the description for you of how to reach us and where to find us. Because we want to hear what's going on in other sectors, other industries. As Sean has said, you know, we are kind of in a niche space in terms of our professional experience. There's definitely a lot of overlap in some of the negative experiences we've had that (laughs) other industries would also feel are familiar. But there's there's obviously a lot that we don't know, too. So we want this space to be a place for conversation, both for just some unjudged venting some questions about like, hey, is what I'm experiencing normal or how should I approach this? And also to be a place where we can talk solutions or be optimistic, be positive about sort of the value that you, the listener, bring to your own workplace and your team. And if you're looking to get out of that, how to talk about that, how to get through that struggle so you don't sit and wait for a year, year and a half thinking I'm not worth it like Sean and I did and that you can make better choices faster. So this is a a space that we kind of wished existed and now we're creating. On that note, I'm so excited about our next conversation on the next episode because it's probably like for sure was a top five moment in my life last year, but like maybe been a top tier moment in my life in general. And that's the day that we both quit the same job that in our last role. And I hinted at this beginning, we quit the same job that we had on the same day. Like we, our last days were the same day. And uh, we're going to talk about, you know, how that made us feel. We still uh, reminisce about it. I still tell people that story and like, I don't think they'll like ever understand the level of dopamine I felt that day, like rushing through my brain. Such a flood. It really was. And I would love to get that feeling back in any capacity, but that's the next episode. It'll be a little touch of that dopamine high we've been chasing ever since. (laughs) Also, as I've mentioned a couple of times, we want to hear from you. Find us on social media. We are at NotWorkingPod, or you can drop us an email, hello at NotWorkingPod.com. We promise we won't ignore your emails like your boss does. We actually want to hear from you and value your opinions (laughs) and inputs and experiences. So please get in touch with us. We have some ideas of things that we want to talk about, but we also want to talk about what you want to hear about. Let us know how you're feeling, what you're experiencing, if this speaks to you, if it totally doesn't, and you'd like us to try something else. In the meantime, keep chasing that five o'clock feeling.